Is Home and Classroom, a podcast brought to you by Bright Side Up. We're your hosts. I'm Rachel Mandel. And I'm Hannah Wise. Hi, Hannah. Hey, Rachel. How's it going? Good. Feeling, you know, nice and wintry. As people who've listened for a long time know, we both love winter. So this is <laughs> this is our big game. This is the season for us. Yep. We're starting our, coming into our prime, really. <laughs> <laughs> Hibernation. Yeah. What are you doing to keep yourself busy this season? Well, I always, I love to craft in December. Mm-hmm. I like to craft year round, but December is really when I hit my stride. Um, <laughs> and for a couple of years now, I've been trying to make ornaments for, every, we host Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I try to make ornaments for everyone that comes as their little party gift. Mm. Um so this year I decided to learn how to sew and I'm starting with felt. So they're hand very, sewing. What? Are you hand sewing or oh, a yeah, machine? Yeah. I don't have a okay. sewing machine. I've okay. literally never sewed. I haven't even like stitched a pan before. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sewing little felt ornaments. It's really fun. It's taking uh-huh. me a really long time. Um, mm. They kind of look like little cookies or empanadas, but mm-hmm. it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, those are fun projects, little felt ones. We did over the summer, I brought my son to go to a little craft fair and they made little felt cookies. So probably the same thing. Yeah, Maya and I are similar. Look. Yeah, we're we're on the same page with our crafting. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice. It's something Yeah, I like to I've been trying to not watch as much TV at night, which is also fine yeah. and great. But uh uh-huh. yeah. I now First I just do school. this while I watch TV, so right, that makes yeah. it even better. Sure. What about you? Um, also some crafting. I'm still doing. I've been taking pottery classes, so I did the wheel my last go around, which was very hard. And this time I'm doing hand oh, building, wheel. which is much easier. Yeah, I'm off the wheel. I'm into hand building, so like yeah. slab work. It's much easier for me. I'm not sure if that's true for everybody, but for me, way easier. Making, you know, little gifts, little trinkets. We'll see how they turn out, but it's fun. It's good to go and do it. And then I'm also still embroidering. I've been working on something, though, for a long time, and it's very, like, summery vibes, so I don't love looking at it while I'm trying to, you know, up my... Yes, yeah, it's not the time for, like, you know, bright-colored fruits, (laughs) but I really should finish this before I start something else. maybe it'll be ready. It'll be done in the summer. (laughs) Right. That's why I have yeah. to keep going and not just yeah. switch to, you know, whatever I want to do this season. And then I also have so much crafting going on. I also have a kit that I'm trying that I need to start. So I'm going to say it here because maybe it will hold me accountable because I'll be embarrassed if somebody asked me about it. But I really want to one day make a dollhouse, oh. like a whole big dollhouse. Yeah. And for my kids or really myself, but I'll just yeah. say it's for them. <laughs> um so my first try is going to be a little oh. camper kit that I got. So I've got to get started on that. I got all the supplies I yeah. need. I want to see how it goes. So right. lots of crafting you have to also. every episode. We'll have to check in on your little camper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll post it if yeah. I ever finish it. So that'll keep me, that'll keep really me going. All right. So lots of crafting going on. Lots. Yes. Yeah. We're on the same wavelength. 
So let's see, what are we doing this week? So this Anna? week, I'm really excited, kind of along the same theme of crafting. Um, we are talking mm-hmm. to Caroline Corrigan. She is a local illustrator, um, and she created a children's book called Women Artists A to Z. And we're going to be talking to her today all about the process of creating it and how she became an illustrator and all that fun stuff. Um, and she lives in the capital region, which is really cool. Yeah, so fun to talk to Caroline. She's super talented in so many different ways. But also, we both have always wanted to make a children's book, yeah. but have not the same level of talent. So this is also really fun for us to chat yeah, about. Yeah, we're really going to pick her brain. <laughs> yeah. See if she can give us a crash have... course. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe she could just illustrate our uh, children's book yeah. idea. So we could ask <laughs> her that. probably be better. <laughs> <laughs> So this is also the last episode before our winter break. So we'll have today and then we'll have a bit of a winter break and we'll be coming back in 2023 in the spring with a you know really good season. We have our first episode already lined up that's going to be really interesting. I'm super excited about that. But I'll be here, but maybe you want to tell people what your plan is. Yes. So sadly, this will be my last episode um, with the podcast with Home and Classroom. I know it's like, I can't believe it. Sad to say. Um, Yeah. So it's been, I mean, Rachel and I have been doing this for a long, I don't know, three or four Um, years. Four years, I think. Um, And it's been a really incredible experience. And it's something that just came up from you know, I was thinking about this on Emma driving to work today. Like, I'm pretty sure Rachel and I were just like casually talking about how we want to have a podcast and someone overheard us and was like, you're doing it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of how it happened. So I wanted to just like thank Brightside Up for giving us this platform and this opportunity mm-hmm. and just taking an idea and running with it because it's been really incredible um, to get to talk to so many people um, and get Bright Side Up news out there and just highlight all the amazing things that are going on in early childhood education. Um, and I know that I like selfishly have also learned so much from the different people that we've interviewed and the different topics. Um, so it'll I'll be definitely really sad to leave. And I want to thank all of our trusty listeners for tuning in to every episode. And um, it's been a real privilege to host this podcast with you, Rachel. And I don't know, we can't even talk about it because... We can't um, even talk about I, it. We'll <laughs> be back. You'll have I to come I, back as a guest. Exactly. I'll be back as a guest. Who knows what I'll talk about? Maybe circle back to microgreens, but... Um. <laughs> we could go back there. Yeah, it yeah. feels like uh, a big, just a big switch. You know, we we built a lot of what we do. We built together. You know, the, in, the our way of interviewing people has grown so much. We've taken so much yeah. time to really think and do this. So I'm sad that you're leaving, but I understand. I wish you luck and there will be good things in the future we have we'll tell you all next next season or in, i guess in 2023 yeah. we'll introduce the new version of the podcast but we are not going anywhere i'm not going anywhere so i'll still be here and we'll still be doing a lot of the same stuff but maybe switching it up a little bit with the new co-host yes a fresh start to the new year mm-hmm. um well thanks for letting <laughs> us know hannah we're sad but we understand so now let's 
let's get into the episode, I guess. What else can we say? I'm guessing I'll make, I'm not going too far away. Okay. So I'm guessing I'll be making an appearance. Yeah. We just will say, see you later. We're not going to talk about it anymore. And we'll, we'll see you again. Yes. So we're going out with a big interview. Better be a good one with Caroline, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Here we go. And before we get to the main interview with Caroline, we just wanted to mention that we are doing a giveaway that's going to go along with this episode. All the details will be on Facebook of how to enter, but we are giving away one of the books of women artists A to Z and some art supplies. So after you listen to this episode, head to our Facebook page for how to enter and get your goodies. Corrigan is a freelance illustrator and graphic designer working primarily with small businesses with a focus on the food, wine, and hospitality industries. Her first picture book, Women Artists A to Z by Melanie Labarge, was published by Dial Books for Young Readers in the spring of 2020. She lives right here in Albany with her husband and three children. Hello, Caroline. Hi. Morning. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I have been thinking about having you on the podcast for, I mean, since spring 2020 when your book came out. So I'm so glad that we did it finally. Finally. (laughs) Yes, our local celebrity. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm like, I, yeah, it feels like a lot has, it it has been put on pause since that time. So it's like good to be back into a normal feel so normal. Yeah. And nothing no. else was going on in spring 2020. Nothing. It was Nothing. a pretty calm time in our lives. Totally. <laughs> so when did the book come out? Came out February like, 2020 was oh, the February. Movie. Yeah, like the end of February. So Melanie, the author, and I um did a couple of like launch events. Like we mm-hmm. did a um a reading and a launch party at Collarworks Gallery in Troy. Mm-hmm. And it was so much fun. It was like the end of February. And then that weekend we took the train down to Brooklyn and we did a couple of readings at um, some bookstores there. And like, that was the, the beginning, like people were spraying the Metro card machines with hand sanitizer. And we were like, Hmm, wow, this is like yeah. kind of real. And like, well, maybe I'll, br- I like brought hand sanitizer. And I remember that was like right before. Yeah. And then like, yeah, a couple of weeks later, that was, that was it. So we, yeah, we, we, you know, it was so great to put this book out and then, but I feel like we didn't get quite, we didn't get a great chance to like publicize it in the way that we had hoped. Like we wanted to do more events with libraries around here yeah. and some other things, but it still exists. And, you know, thank goodness you can buy things on the internet and just, you know, use social <laughs> media to talk about stuff. But yes, and yeah. podcasts. You yeah, know. and podcasts. <laughs> yes, thank you. Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite the experience also for your first book, too, to have it, you know, not go exactly as planned. But Yeah, we were, yeah, it was, it was kind of a bummer, but it was also, it, it still was like, despite all of that, we did get like a pretty, a pretty good response. Like, I feel like that, like, people... I was surprised to to hear from a lot of people who picked up the book and like even bookstore, not just bookstores, but like um, small shops, like how mm-hmm. to carry it. And then the best thing for, um, well, once museums started to open back up again, museum gift shops ended up being like a really big supporter okay. 
Um, you know, cause like there's all sorts of things in museum gift shops, but this, this book is obviously like an, a great fit for, um, you know, any museum gift shop that has women artists in their like collection. Yeah. Hopefully like in most. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, and, and it's also, you know, it's, it's, it's gotten a good response online around like women's history month and things like that. So we think, you know, see it pop up from time to time that mm-hmm. people are using it as like a resource for like arts education programs and things. So that's always, yeah. That's always that's cool. awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So to really kick us off into our interview, I wanted to ask who your favorite illustrator is, or if you have like inspiration from your childhood, you know, or books that you read to your kids, like if there's a particular illustrator that stands out and you pull inspiration. Oh yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. There's so many. Well, like for the, the people who are like the classics, I love, and my, my, well, my, my oldest, my son is five and we're huge fans of Maurice Sendak, obviously like, you know, where the wild things are, mm-hmm. that, those books, um, and Eric Carl. And like, those are kind of just, we have a lot of both of those illustrators books, but then I also love, um, Lois Ellert, which is her style is kind of very similar to Eric Carl, but um, a little different. But she she illustrated Chicka Chicka Boom Boom, but okay. I feel like she's not quite as well known as Eric Carl, but kind of a similar um, a similar vibe with like cut paper and collage. But then oh. for like current for more modern illustrators, I'm I'm a huge fan of this uh, illustrator. She's an author too, uh, Julie Morstad. She's She's Canadian. Um, yeah, more. Yeah. Julie Morstad. And she's she just has like an incredible sense of um, capturing like the point of view of a, a young child. Like I think her books are great for like three, four five year olds. Mm-hmm. And um, the way she kind of uses she uses pencil and a little bit of collage. But um, her books are incredible. So if you don't know about Julie Morstad, you have to look her up. Um, yeah. And I it's her books are one of those kind of those rare things where like they're some of my favorite books but I'm so surprised that my son who's five like like is just wild about them too doesn't tire of them and you know yeah yeah. we can link those up that sounds like yeah 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 she's awesome great gifts too her books make amazing gifts so (laughs) yeah I just looked her up they look beautiful yeah she's great (laughs) she's like my current fave yeah cool so how did you, what's the path to becoming an illustrator? Like, how did you get here? I guess, was it something uh, you always wanted to do or well, you kind of come into it? It's kind of a wind, yeah, kind of a winding path. I, I went to St. Rose here in Albany. I studied fine art. I said, well, I studied painting was like my, I was a painting major and art education. So I kind of did like, I did an extra year um, to get an education degree um, so I have this background in painting and fine art, but then uh, after graduation, I kind of wound up uh, not really going into teaching. I worked at the art center in Troy and I did education programming for them. And I wound up doing um, a lot of like admin and graphic design for them. So I found myself kind of doing a lot more graphic design and like commercial art. And I found that, you know, it, my my uh, creative like footing in the world was best in a situation where like I'm given a prompt, like, whereas if you're a painter, if you're a fine artist, you're like generating all your own 
projects, your mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a much harder life in a lot of ways because everything has to be like super self-generated and it's obviously harder to make a living and mm-hmm. um but I really seemed to like do better when I'm working with people. So like taking projects for, with clients. So whether I'm designing a booklet for someone or a logo or something. And then, but I really did miss when I started doing more graphic design stuff, I did begin to miss like all the drawing and painting that I had been doing for years. So I started to add a little bit of like illustration into my portfolio and try to get jobs like that. Again, that is kind of like, it is sort of a hard field to get into, especially locally, like Albany is not a huge city. So there aren't tons of like magazines and publications that are hiring illustrators. So, but, um, but, you know, there are, the world has become more accessible through like people connecting over social media. So I've been able to get some great illustration gigs for like small companies just through like Instagram and stuff. And that's, so that's been great. But the book, um, you know, for the book, this was really um, kind of uh, out of the blue. My my friend, Melanie, who's um, she's a brilliant, uh, just a brilliant person. And she has a her master's in, um, I believe, women's studies. And she she did do a, quite a bit of coursework in art history also. And so we connected like, um, I don't know, 2018 or something. And um she had this idea, you know, she was like, I, we were talking about women painters that we love. We were like getting coffee and just talking about all the, um, some artists that we like kind of bonding over that. And then later that day, she texted me and was like, what if we made a children's book about this? Like, there's nothing like this out there. And I was like, you're crazy. Like, I don't know. You know, I was kind of like, that sounds awesome. But like, I have no idea how to do anything like that. But um, she, you know, she just was like, well, why don't we just like make a few sample pages and just see if it seems legit. And yeah. And so uh, we did. And it was one of those things where like, you know, we both had to dedicate some time because, it, you know, I had to, I, you know, had a, my son was one at the time and I had um, only like part-time childcare. And so we we just sort of like, did this in our spare time. We made a few sample pages and it did look pretty, they looked kind of cool. And so we, we sort of decided to put a pitch together. And so the, the connection, the way we were able to connect with um, like the publishing world, um, very fortunate that um, Melanie's uh, husband is, um, is an author and has a wonderful agent that has um, represented him for a few years. And so she was willing to take a look at the book pitch for us and see what she thought even though she works with like adult fiction she was willing to um like give us some feedback and um maybe try to um send our book out to a couple of uh like children's uh publishing editors and things like that so we were you know we were really lucky to have kind of know somebody who was able to connect us with there were no guarantees. There were no promises, but she was like, yeah, I can like send this to a few people. And then, and then we, you know, we set it up officially to work with her. When you hire an agent, you know, you're sharing some of the proceeds from your um, book advance and from royalties. So, so we did, you know, we made it official and partnered mm-hmm. with her, but we wouldn't have been able to, I don't think we would have been able to get it out in the world without, without Sarah, our agent. She just, you know, has so much knowledge um, in an area where I knew absolutely nothing. So yeah. um and but we were, you know, very surprised to find that there were some publishers that were like that were interested in the story. And um, so we took our sample pages. And then when we finally made a deal with um, 
Penguin Dial Books, which is like an, an imprint of Penguin. They, um, yeah, they they went for it and they they believed in the book and thought it was a great idea. So we, we were so happy, totally surprised. Like I really, you know, I, my expectations were very low because, mm-hmm. you know, you just never know. But I think there really wasn't anything quite like this out there. So it was like a good opportunity for us to um, to make it. So yeah, from there, we just, we took the sample pages and then came up with uh, 26 artists that we could focus on and took it took over a year to make the book like start to finish um and then yeah, can you tell us a little bit about what I'm I've you know we've read the book we've seen it yeah. and seen it with kids <laughs> but what tell us about the book like what what would you want somebody who's listening to kind of know about what what is it what was the concept what do you do okay so it's women artists a to z so it's like an alphabet book it's set up but it's um and so each spread each letter of the alphabet represents a different artist but it's it doesn't go by name so it's not like a is for and b is for betty like it's not mm-hmm. like that it's the each letter um focuses on a, an aspect of a different artist's work mm-hmm. we found that to just be well melanie i can't say this was melanie's idea because i was <laughs> like f is for frida you know and that seemed like easy to me but then you know when you start getting into like X, you yeah. know, the, it starts to yes, get like, there yeah, there isn't necessarily like, uh, you know, a, a woman artist associated. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, and it actually ended up making the book a lot more playful to set it up like that. So for, so yeah. So like, for example, you know, a lot of people, everybody knows, um, Georgia O'Keeffe. Mm-hmm. So that, that spread is like F is for flower. And so, cause obviously sure flower paintings are super famous, but then we also um, included a ton of lesser known artists that, you know, we thought were worthy of bringing to the forefront. And this is where Melanie, um, Melanie's like super expansive knowledge of art history just come, just blew me away. Like she just did so much research. She knew about so many more people. And, you know, I, I have a degree in in art. I took, uh, took art history every semester of college and I there were still so many people when we were doing this book that I had never even heard of. So yeah, so you go through the book and it's um, a different aspect of, of each artist's work. And so there's women of um, all different races, ages, uh, artistic mediums are represented, even um, abilities. So it's really like, a, it's a very diverse uh, a diverse group of, of excellent women artists. So yeah, and there's this very short biography of each one, not even a biography, just a short blurb about the artist. So it's great for kids who are like three to seven, I guess. That's mm-hmm. probably like, but I know some kids who are older who like the book and some people tell me that their toddlers even like it. And I'm always <laughs> just like, wow, I'm, I'm always impressed with hearing of like the, you know, who's responding to the book and, mm-hmm. and why. So, yeah. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about what medium you use to illustrate the pages and kind of, because we are, you know, an audio medium here, yeah. can you describe what the book looks like and feels like a little bit from sure. like the perspective of you, the illustrator? Yeah. So um, I, uh, this book is, is illustrated digitally. So I use, um, I I sketch things and start off on pencil and paper, but the book was ultimately created um, mostly by using my iPad and drawing uh, a digital pencil um, using programs. That's 
crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I made it mostly on an iPad um, and then brought it in. So I started, yeah, this, this program is called Procreate. A lot of illustrators use Procreate. It's kind of like newer in the, in the world of like, like art software for illustrators, but um, it's an, it's it's free. I, I think it's free. It's, or oh, if it's not, it's so like, we can do it. <laughs> it's like nine dollars. If you have an iPad, you could like put it on your iPad for nine bucks. But you need like the Apple Pencil for it to oh, um, right. to draw oh. it. But um, but so that's where I made most of the pages, and then um, I brought it into Photoshop and you know cleaned things up in there and added some textures. So it's it's a super colorful book. Mm. Um, the image, imagery is kind of like flat color. So it's not, things are not really like super, super realistically rendered. Like my style is kind of um, the figures and the objects in the pictures are like a bit simplified, but that's kind of like always been my my drawing style. So, um, so it kind of works well for kids, um, but I'd say like, you know, things are recognizable, but they're not like hyper-realistic or anything, but it's all all very colorful, um, colorful renderings and pretty recognizable objects. So it's great for like little kids who can spot, spot things that they, mm-hmm. that they know, which yeah. is fun. So, yeah. What was it like sort of, not that you recreated another artist's work, but was there any kind of push and pull in bringing your own vibe and your own work to represent an artist, if that makes yeah. sense? I think that's interesting. Yes. Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, that was I'd say that was the biggest challenge of making the book because um, like, you know, sure, I can draw a cartoon version of a, of a person, of an artist, but like recreating their work and doing it in a way that feels like respectful to the artist and, um, somewhat accurate to give people like uh, a sense of what the work looks like is, is actually really tricky, especially because I do have kind of like a simplified style. So for people whose work is like a little more intricate or, um, really detail oriented, um, that did pose a pretty big challenge for me. And, it, it, you know, in the beginning, we had talked about maybe could we incorporate just photographs of the artist's actual work, like woven in with the drawings, mm-hmm. but um, getting the rights for um, to, to use images of the artist's work was actually like tremendously challenging and actually very expensive. Like it would have, it would have like just, it wasn't possible. So I was like, Nope, you got to draw, got to draw that sculpture. You got to draw that painting. (laughs) So it was hard. It was that, that part. um, And I still sometimes like for some of the artists who are living, who have seen the book, like there are a couple um, who are out in the world and have, have seen the book. And I always just like hold my breath and just hope like, God, I hope they don't look at this and go like, oh, God. (laughs) But like, also that's just like what happens like when you make creative work, you have to just like, you have to throw it out into the world and, you know, people are allowed to have their opinions about it. Um, But all I can hope is that like, I represented it in a way that like is, you know, my whole, my really just the goal is that I wanted it to be like, look enough like the artist's work but also be like digestible for kids so that they can yeah. like kind of understand what it is so yeah. um yeah so so far I haven't heard any too many I haven't heard any like complaints from anyone but I'm like <laughs> if, if someone's not happy with how I how I represented their work I almost <laughs> not sure I want to know <laughs> yeah I'll just say sorry <laughs> I'll try to do better next time <laughs> have you had um 
I know you haven't had critique from any of the artists in your book, but have you had communication with any of them, like throughout the process of making it or after the book came out? Um, the only artists that I, there's two, let me see, there's two people that wrote on Instagram that they like heard about Aww. the book and they're excited. And that was super exciting. So let's see the, I'm just like actually looking at the book to see if I can f- figure out. Um, so yeah, um, Helen Zugave, which is, she's on the page V is for veil and she's, um, uh, a, a Muslim artist and uh, she paints these like really beautiful paintings of um, women wearing these like abayas or veiled garments that kind of, kind of like a hijab, but I think it's not, I, I don't think that's exactly what she's painting, but mm-hmm. um, so her paintings are, are focused on that and like, like women's dress in her, um, in her culture. And so, but she, she saw the page with her, work and she she was like really excited about it and posted about it on Instagram so that was great so I was like yeah yeah and then um the uh Zenobia Bailey who is on why is for yarn and she makes these like giant elaborate um crocheted yarn sculptures they kind of like hang from the ceiling they almost look like like rainbow doilies but uh they're even more interesting than that than I'm even describing them but she also um like saw the book and posted about it on instagram and so she seemed to be um <laughs> happy with with being in it and you know yeah and, that was that was my favorite page the why is oh, me, yeah me too that actually was like one of the most fun ones to to work on it, it was like very meditative to kind of do these like little like yarn patterns over and over so that was cool you know, a lot of our listeners are either, you know, preschool teachers or parents of young kids. So do you have any tips or ideas for how either teachers or parents can incorporate this kind of into more of like art education in the classroom or at home? Yeah, there's um, there's so many great projects, ideas out there that people have used the book for. So like if you're well, I mean, I think just just reading the book to your kid or to your class and just getting kids acquainted with the idea of um, like what what art looks like, because I think for so many of us and even me growing up, even as a kid who was super interested in art, I feel like a lot of us are limit uh, like what we think of when we think of art or artists is like painting or sculpture. And like that's kind of it or something, you know it's maybe like just whatever you've been exposed to. So I think just by reading this book to kids in, in general, just exposes kids to like a a variety of mediums that they might not know about. Like, I think a lot of kids might not realize that you can um, make something like an installation where like the whole room has been transformed into a space that you can walk through. And like, that is art. And that person who's made, who made that, like, this is a, you know, it is a legitimate profession and, worthy of our attention and respect. And so just by like exposing kids to um, different kinds of art by reading the book and then, you know, obviously like taking them to museums or even just showing them pictures of art on your phone is like, you know, if they seem interested in that kind of thing. So that's like, like, just like the exposure I think is so important, but then in terms of like um, kind of taking the next step. And if you're, if um, kids are, seem to have like an interest in making projects or really like arts and crafts. I mean, most young kids are so creative naturally without us even having to like intervene or introduce stuff, but they, they, um, 
the uh, if you go on Instagram and look at the hashtag women artists A to Z, just mm-hmm. the name of the book. Um, I'm looking right now. There are so many um, great examples of uh, art projects that that people have done, uh, art teachers, but also just parents. Um, but you know, I'll give you an example of one that uh, an e- like kind of a low lift art project that um, we've we Melanie and I have done with groups, um, and I've done with my own kids is. Uh, based on the artist uh, Yayoi Kusama. So her page is uh, D is for dots. And so she, she's a, um, her work is like that kind of immersive installation art off also sculptures, but um, dots and polka dots are like kind of a common motif in her work. And she's had installations everywhere from like all over the country, Brooklyn Botanical Gardens, the Hirshhorn Museum in DC. Um, but the, um, kids seem to really love the dots as like yeah. the motif because like, you know, I, like, most kids like can just instantly recognize that even like really little kids, like, you know, they're, they're a popular one and you can do things that are really simple by getting just like bingo markers or like dot stampers and just letting, you know, from the youngest kid who can like grasp a bingo marker, you can just like cover, take a big piece of butcher paper and just cover the table and let them just like go nuts with that or even put it on the floor or you could do it on construction paper. So just like letting them play with dot stampers is great or even um, dot stickers. If you're like a a sticker friendly household, if we, you know, (laughs) stickers tend to get a little out of hand in my house. Like we, we, don't do we bust them out from time to time but it's like <laughs> but my kids love dot stickers so we do have like you know like the yard sale like little colorful yeah. circles yeah. they make them like easier to remove now so at least like they can be then, safe in the classroom or at home yeah <laughs> and then for like a really non-messy option um for the dot project that melanie and i did this when we went to a uh reading in brooklyn we brought a giant piece of felt that we, I went to Joanne's and just ordered like, uh, like some, a couple of yards of white felt. And then, um, I cut out felt circles and we just, uh, after reading the book with the kids, we, um, talked a little bit about Yayoi Kusama and reminded them about the dots and, and asked them if they wanted to help us create an installation. So we like just basically just put, um, Dot, the felt dots all over the floor and let the kids, um, you know, put them on the big piece of felt and the felt just sticks to the felt. It's not messy. And the end result was just, you know, it just looked like confetti. It was so fun. And you can do like really big circles or really little ones. So like they could work on their fine motor with like picking them up. Um, but the big ones are really easy too. And then, you know, the whole thing, you can just like wrap it all up in the big sheet of felt when you're done. So that's like a nice thing to do if that's not messy. And um, that sounds like a good classroom activity too. Lots yeah, of kids. Can it's this. like, yeah, if you, if you can reuse it and do it again. And, exactly. Yeah. That was such a good one. Like I still have, I still have it. I ended up bringing it home after that, um, after that uh, story time that we did. And like, I've played with it with my kids like a, dozens of times and they, they, they don't get tired of it. So that's just a fun one. And yeah, felt, felt boards are such an awesome, um, like no mess uh, art activity. And most, most kids, even, even bigger kids, I think really enjoy it. So. Yeah. 
We talked about this at the top of the episode before you got on, but we're doing a giveaway in conjunction with this episode. It's our last episode before our winter break. So we're going to be giving away a copy of the book and some art supplies. So whatever you just heard might make an appearance in the art supply kit. So yeah, we'll have to put some felt in there for sure. That's great. We'll make a dot theme art supply kit. Yeah. Oh, that's, that sounds, that sounds awesome. That's a great, great idea. <laughs> so I had one, one more very pressing question. Sure. <laughs> um, and it is what artists in this book for people that haven't read it yet, do you think that the world should know about? Like, which do you have one specific one that you want to highlight? Oh, that's such a good question. Let me, <laughs> let me think real quick. Um, you know, cause there, there, there are a few in here that are like pretty well known, and then there's some that really aren't. Um, let's see. I think um, our one of so one of my favorites, and she actually happens to be um, from close to this close to this area is Edmonia Lewis. Um, what is her page? She's M is for marble. Um, and she was a marble sculptor. Um, she's a, um, and she, the, one of the, she worked primarily in the, uh, like late 1800s. Um, but, you know, kind of remarkable. She's, you know, um, uh, a black woman was very unlikely person to be a, um, a marble sculptor, like of, of note. And, and during, during that time in our society, like she had like two things going against her. Like she was a woman, she was a black woman yeah. and she, she lived in, she, she actually grew up in what is currently East Greenbush. Like she wow. grew up on a farm right outside of Albany. And, um, I believe, uh, her, Yes, her her uh, her mother was um, a Native American, and her father was West Indian. I think he might have even been uh, like a freed slave. Um, so just like a fascinating background and upbringing. But then she ended up like later in her life traveling and living in Rome, and she loved living in Rome because she was actually like her. She wasn't. She didn't find the artistic community to. Um, uh, like treat her as an outcast as as much like she was much more accepted in the roman society in the late 1800s which is just kind of wild and if you just google her work edmonia lewis like you know just incredible like sculpting with marble is incredibly difficult like you need to be so strong you know the accuracy there's no way to undo your mistakes like it's it's really like one of those techniques that's just so mind-blowing but she's she's super cool and she was uh yeah just grew up right around right around here so wow that so, is incredible yeah. And I can't believe, yeah east green bush and we didn't know so good yeah, i know right <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't know a lot about east green bush history but um <laughs> we know i think this. a local a local historical society group in east green bush like got her on a postage stamp last year actually which is very cool, oh, cool. So there are some people there's some fans out there wow <laughs> yeah yeah she's great though so that's yeah she's totally worth a google i i wish there was more information about her out there i don't think there's a ton because um you know just the records at the time um it was a long time ago but um yeah so add her to your add her right. to your, yeah Lewis. <laughs> yes she's on our radar now yeah, yeah. We'll put it in. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for coming today, Caroline. This was so fun. Hannah and I have always been interested in children's books, so we're really excited to talk to you. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. It's so awesome to to uh, talk talk with you about the book and share share a little bit about the how it was the backstory and everything. So, thank you. If Uh, anybody wants to reach out to you, um, where would you send them? We can put this in our show notes too. Oh, um. By uh, let's see. If you just you can you can email me. Email is the best way. It's a hello at carolinecorrigan.com. and you can find me on Instagram at carolinecorrigan. That's uh probably the best way to keep up with what I'm what I'm doing. I post occasionally, not a lot, but I do. I that's where it's, if it's happening, that's where it's happening. <laughs> okay. I'm not right, so maybe we'll, whoever wins our little prize, maybe they can uh, tag you and or post or sure. email yeah. a picture yeah, of what they did. Totally. I love to. I always I love hearing from people who's sharing the book with their kids or their classroom. It's like that's. I mean, that's the most satisfying thing. What more could you could you mm-hmm. ask for if you're making a book for kids just to see it, see it in action? So wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, so just a reminder to everyone listening to head to our Facebook page um, after they listen to this to find out how they can enter to win one of Caroline's books. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Caroline. That's what's happening this week. Find our show notes on our website at brightsideup.org. Click on Home and Classroom. Also look for our Instagram page at Home and Classroom on Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. By doing so, you're helping to create a world where all children are understood.